Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're in the series, Say What? <laughs> Say What? And uh, this morning's topic is, What is a Prayer Language? Last week, I talked about speaking in tongues, and I think that last week, this week, and next week are probably some of the, the most important teachings that I'll do all year because these are so critical to our faith and our walk with the Lord and, and living a victorious life. Pro, our, uh, our scripture foundation is Proverbs 18.21, the tongue can bring death or life, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So over uh, last week and, and today and next week, I want to sort of demystify some of the confusion about speaking in tongues, about a prayer language, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because these are gifts that the Lord gives to us, but yet there's a lot of confusion in the church. And there's, there's resistance to that because of some of the things that have been done uh, or seen, maybe some of the things that we've seen that we're like, well, I don't know, that, that doesn't look like the Lord. Uh, words connect us to the Lord and to each other. And so our words are really important. We speak to the Lord through prayer. Through our worship, when we come together, whether it be on a Sunday morning or whether it be in your car, driving to work or whatever, that's a way that we are affirming the Lord in our life and we're giving Him praise and we're reminding ourselves that, God, you're greater than the mountain that's in front of me. So those are the kinds of things that we can do to build ourselves up and, and build others up and also proclaim to the heavenly host. The other way that we speak to the Lord is just through this relationship because we talk so much about the, the target at Life Fellowship is that we come into a personal, intimate relationship with Him. And so it's through this relationship that we're able to commune with Him. And the Lord speaks to us through the Scripture as we read, read His Word, through the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. And again, through this relationship that we have, that's really key. So last week... Um, we looked at some of the gifts from the Holy Spirit to us, the gifts that are for us so that we can build one another up, so that we can be built up. And I focus primarily on what Scripture says about speaking in tongues. And I want to go back and just cap, uh, capture a couple of Scriptures from last week. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. So again, it's the Holy Spirit that is giving us these gifts. And we don't always, when someone gives us a gift, we don't always choose what the gift will be. Sometimes we just receive. Sometimes it's better than what we thought it was going to be. But it's the one and only Holy Spirit that gives us these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. But as I'll talk about today, I think there's one gift that he wants all of us to have. But not all of us have the gift of teaching. Not all of us have the gift of uh, serving or, well, I think we should all have the gift of serving. Let me, let me change that. But there are different gifts that the Lord gives to build us up and build up the church, the body of Christ. So again, we're talking about words. Words are important. Let me ask you to consider something. If I ask you to speak a scripture, 
or to sing a scripture or to pray a scripture, would those things be different? Would the application of the words be different? They would. It could be the same words that we're using, but the application could be different. Um, our words, my first point this morning is our words can be used in different ways. And a, and a few weeks ago, I talked about the scripture that says it, it's not right that out of our mouth comes blessings and curses. That we, you can't get uh, salty water out of a fresh water well, and you can't get fresh water out of a salty water well. And it should be the same with us. We shouldn't be using salty words. We should be used speaking life and blessings over one another. And so it's important that we're speaking the words of life and that we're speaking God's words over uh, ourselves and one another. And uh, I, I talked last week about, uh, I, I challenge you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14. In chapter 12 and 14, talk about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And then chapter 13 is the chapter on love. Love is the target. Love is the key. It's this relationship that the Lord wants with us. More important than the gifts are, is this relationship that he wants us to have with him and one another as well. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 through 5. Let love be your highest goal. It's, it's all about love. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Okay, so we know that there are many gifts, but Paul is writing to the early church and he says, But especially desire the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. So if you hear someone speaking in tongues, they're speaking to God. Unless there's an interpretation of that, you won't know what they're saying, right? But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Do you ever need strength? Do you ever need encouragement? Do you ever need comfort? And so as we begin to prophesy, as we, prophecy is really just proclaiming the things of the Lord. I've had personal words of prophecy given to me. And then I've shared with you guys uh, corporate words of, of prophecy. Remember in, in uh, January of 2019, the Lord gave me a word. It was for us, and I believe for the entire church, really, is that we are in a reset. This was before COVID really hit. And so the Lord speaks to us, giving us insight sometimes into what's coming. Sometimes the Lord will speak into our lives through a word of prophecy, prophecy to bring correction or encouragement or whatever that may look like. And, and so a year ago, a little over a year ago, in May of 2009, uh, 2020, the Lord gave us another word, word, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. Not that the world will come to an end necessarily, but the world as we know it will soon come to an end. And you look what's happening around us. We see that that truly is happening right before our very eyes. And then May of this year, the Lord gave us another word, prepare, prepare. So we need to be ready. So one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy 
strengthens the entire church. So we see that there's a, a clear differentiation between speaking in tongues and speaking a word of prophecy. Tongues strengthens us personally. Prophecy strengthens the entire body. So, you know, we've maybe read through these scriptures before, but sometimes I think we need to stop and really look at what the Word is saying, not based on what we've seen or what we've been told or what we think it is, but let's look at the Word for what it says. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I wish you could all speak in tongues, Paul says, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. And I, I want to stop here for a moment because I kind of had a, a revelation on this scripture because there are times um, when I am just speaking in tongues. I have a prayer language, and I'm, I'll get to that in a minute, but there are times when I'm just speaking in tongues. And, and what I came to realize recently, I think, is that when I speak in tongues, I'm being built up. There are, there are times throughout the day when I'll just be speaking in tongues. And I won't necessarily intentionally be praying. I'm just speaking. And so this, this thought came to me that when I'm doing that, I need to be built up. I need to be encouraged. So that's just a sidebar. That's just an extra you get there. Uh, but speaking in tongues throughout the day is something that I do. And, and like I said, I'd never considered that when I was doing that, that it wasn't prayer. It was just that I was being built up. Let's continue on in 1 Corinthians 14, 5. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. And maybe you've been in services where someone is speaking in tongues, but, but there's not any interpretation. And so it can be chaotic. It can be confusing. Now, speaking in tongues is a gift, but sometimes I think it's misapplied or misunderstood in the church. The application is misunderstood and misused, and I think that's what causes confusion sometimes. Gifts are given to us from the Lord to strengthen us personally. The Lord wants us to be strengthened. Gifts are given to us to strengthen the entire church body. That's why it's so important that we come together and, and have community together. So, what does the Scripture say about speaking in tongues? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's skip down to verse 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 14-19. Paul, again, is, is writing, and he says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. You notice he says, If I pray in tongues, tongues or when I pray in, in tongues, what's happening? My spirit is praying uh, for, and, and let me just say this too. Well, now let me, let me wait. Let me read on here. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, what's the value in that? Why, why, would, be, why would we be praying? Well, let's read on. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit. And I will also pray in words I understand. I will pray in the Spirit. And I will pray with words I understand. Again, those, those are two different things. So what does praying with understanding mean? It means that it's filtered through my, my mind, my soul, my mind, my will, my passions, my emotions. That's my soulless realm. I understand through that. 
If, if I'm praying for someone, I'm, I'm looking at them, right? I may be praying by the Spirit because I'm praying a Spirit-led prayer, but I, it's filtered through my mind. And so I could be praying for my wife, and I could be noticing her shoes or her blouse or her necklace. Lord God, I pray for Christine. I pray your blessings over her. I, I thank you for her. You know, I can be praying a good prayer, but what's happening is I'm seeing some things, and my five senses are working, right? But when I pray in the Spirit, it's not filtered through my soul. You know, uh, now, I, I can experience emotionally what's going on because sometimes when I'm praying with understanding if someone comes up for prayer they may be they may be, uh, have a, a really tough situation that they're going through and as I begin to pray for them I can feel that I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit although I'm praying with understanding I, I can sense their pain or their hurt and I can I can really feel that sometimes and sometimes it's just the anointing of God. When I'm praying in the Spirit, I can also feel that. I can also, my emotions aren't necessarily just cut off. But what's happening when I pray in the Spirit is like my spirit, man, is communing with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. And it's bypassing my mind, my reasoning, my logic, those kinds of things. What does it say when you pray in the Spirit? You don't know what you're praying. But the value is, is that we have connected with the Holy Spirit and we're praying in accordance with the Holy Spirit. And so God is doing something even though we may not understand. Do you, do you always understand everything God does? No. But what if we were just so connected to Him that we didn't have to understand? We would just listen and obey. We would pray. What if we were praying in the Spirit according to His purpose and plan? Let me read on here. He goes on to write, I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing with words I understand. There are times when I do sing in the Spirit. There are times when I sing with understanding. Many times when we're up here on Sunday morning, I'm singing in words like you are, singing along. But there are times when I sing in the Spirit as well. Now, what would happen if Elizabeth just went off and started singing in the Spirit? we'd be kind of lost, right? We wouldn't know what she was singing. Now, we may know the song, but we wouldn't understand what she is saying because she's, she's speaking words to the Lord. Let's read on here. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? What if, we just, what if she just started singing a cappella in the Spirit? A cappella. Acapello. <laughs> That's Spanish for, no, never mind. Okay, uh, so what if she started singing acapella? Uh, you know, and would we be able to really sing along? Now, we could sing in the Spirit, but we wouldn't know what she's singing. We wouldn't uh, necessarily be able to praise God along with her because we don't know what she's singing. How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you Paul is saying I, I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than any of you but in a church meeting I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language because why because speaking in tongues praying in tongues builds us up 
prophecy or speaking words of encouragement. Listen, a prophecy doesn't have to be, and thou saith the Lord, thou go forth and set my people free. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. It can just be speaking forth the word of God. It can be a word of encouragement. Because the Holy Spirit should be guiding us and leading us. And maybe the Holy Spirit will impress you to, to call up somebody. Hey, John, I just want to encourage you today, man. I want you to know how much I love you. You're an awesome man of God. God bless you. So if we would do those kinds of things, we are built up. We are strengthened. We are encouraged. And that's part of the value of the body of Christ is that we receive from the Lord, but also that we receive from each other and that we give to each other. And that's really an important part of life groups. Plugging life groups today because it's, there's something that happens when we come together and we can dig down into the word. So, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. I want to share a story. I talked with a, a, a gentleman uh, not too long ago, and, and he was telling me about an experience that he had. He was an usher at a church. And uh, this is a very, very, very good church. I, I, know, that I'm, I'm a, I know of the church, and I know uh, their heart, and, and uh, I know some of the pastors there, and, and it's an excellent church. Um, so he was an usher at this church, and they had a meeting where they called all the ushers to come to this meeting, and uh, they had a time of ministry where they were ministering to these ushers. And he said that, they, they had uh, prophetic words given to different people, and, and the prophetic was moving. And then he said that they began to speak in tongues. And he said he didn't understand what was going on, and it was almost chaotic because all these people were speaking in tongues, and he didn't know what was going on. And that was one of the reasons that he left this church because he thought that they were out of order. Because what, is the, what does the word say? When, when we read, if someone is speaking in tongues, it must be interpreted. Otherwise, people aren't gonna want, going to understand. And the first thing I told this gentleman was, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that that happened. Because these people had good intention. And I think what was happening, they weren't, really speaking in tongues they were praying in their prayer language but no one took the time to explain to you what was going on if you don't understand it would seem chaotic it would it, you would be going what's going on with these people but no one took the time to say listen do you have a prayer language do you understand what a prayer language is they just assumed that he knew and he didn't know and, and therefore, he was confused. Listen, the gifts of God are given to us not to confuse one another, but to help one another. Who is the author of confusion? The devil. Satan is, right? And God does not bring about confusion, but yet who would want to cause there to be confusion with the gifts from the Holy Spirit? Would it be the Holy Spirit? No. And, and so the enemy will use these kinds of things to confuse people and throw people off track. This is a gift. These are gifts from the Holy Spirit that are valuable for building us up and for building up the church. And, and so he didn't understand what was going on. And 
that was one of the keys that caused them to leave that church. Simply because they didn't understand what was going on there. And so I've asked our prayer team to refrain to not pray in the Spirit out loud unless they're praying with someone that has a prayer language or knows what a prayer language is because otherwise it could be confusing. Or even if, to, to really be sensitive, if someone else comes up for prayer, to, to, you can pray in the Spirit quietly. Let me show you how. Yeah, I'm praying strong too. I can pray with understanding, right? I'm praying for somebody right now. You know who I'm praying for? No, but I'm praying. But I'm praying through, uh, with understanding. I was praying for all of you, by the way. <laughs> so we, when, when someone comes up for prayer, I've asked the prayer team to be very, very sensitive to that. Because if they're praying in the Spirit for someone that has a prayer language or understands that, but someone comes up that doesn't ha have an understanding, they could be confused. And, and we do the same thing at the sunrise service at the chemo boardwalk. Because the goal is not to, to prove how spiritual we are. The, the goal is to encourage people and pray for people and let the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us. Because I can pray with understanding, fully led by the Holy Spirit. I should be fully led by the Holy Spirit when I'm praying with my understanding as I am praying in the Spirit. So uh, prayer prayed with our understanding can be Spirit-led. It should be Spirit-led. And it can be great. It can be really, really powerful as we pray for one another with understanding. And it can be really powerful when we pray in the Spirit. But when we're praying with words we understand, when we're praying our normal prayer here, not, not uh, praying in the Spirit, we may be praying from a limited understanding um, there are times when, when we've been driving and maybe we come upon a, a car accident. And so we'll begin to pray, Lord God, we speak life over these people that were in this accident. We, we pray that there uh, be no damage or no loss of life or anything like that. But sometimes we don't really know what to pray. So we'll just begin to pray in the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is praying through us. We don't know what we're praying. But we're praying in accordance with His will. And we're praying by the Spirit. So I remember one time, I, I wanted this job, man. I prayed. I prayed for that job. I got that resume out. I anointed that thing with oil. I claimed that job. I sent that resume off. I got a call. I got the job. And a few months later, I'm going, God, get me out of this mess, please. Help me, Jesus. Give me another job. Because I was praying with my understanding, and the Lord said, okay, yeah. You got to be careful what you pray for sometimes, right? And, and so the Lord got me out of that mess, and I got another job, and, and, and it all worked out. But it was, it was a great learning lesson for me that we need to be careful what we pray. And we want to pray in accordance with His will. Lord, do you want me to get this job? Or do I just not really care what you want, Lord, and I'm going to pray for this job? So, um, I think I skipped our second point. My first point is our words can be used in different ways 
All right? We can bless people. We can curse people. Remember a few weeks ago, I said, we should not be damning anything or anyone. Don't be damning someone. Don't be damning your job. Don't be damning your boss. Don't, don't be damning. Be blessing. And so my first point is our connection and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit can lead us as we pray, should lead us as we pray. And my third point is praying in the Spirit requires us to step out in faith. We can pray with understanding from our soul. We can pray from our spirit, which may bring more understanding. Or there's a third option. We can pray both. We can pray with our understanding and we can pray in the Spirit. We are encouraged to pray in the Spirit. The Word of God encourages. Paul says we should pray in the Spirit. Um, Our spirit man is praying and in sync with the Spirit of God when we pray in the Spirit. I want to look at uh, some, uh, I'm not going to look at all these scriptures. You can go back and look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. But it's talking, Paul's talking about putting on the armor of God for our spiritual warfare. Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal in nature, but are mighty, mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. So the Lord has given us uh, armor to put on. And the weapons that we have are not swords and knives and shotguns and things like that. But they're the, uh, the weapons of the Holy Spirit for pulling down strongholds. Because there's a spiritual battle going on around us. What did Jesus say in John 10.10? 10? The thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you would have abundant life. So the enemy is wanting to destroy your life. He's wanting to destroy your marriage. He's wanting to destroy your family. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal in nature, but are mighty through God for pulling down, for defeating the strongholds. So let's look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. A final word. So, you know, Paul's been going through all this uh, instruction for the early church. A final word. Be strong, what? In the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong in the Lord in His mighty power. Put on the armor of God that you want to put on. It's comfortable. No. He says put on all the armor of God. So that you will be able to stand firm, not just stand, but stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Because the devil has strategies. And three of the goals are to steal, kill, and destroy. But he has strategies to try to get us off track. And so when we put on all of God's armor, we can stand firm and not be moved. And stand against all his strategies, the strategies of the the enemy. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. There's a spiritual realm around us, and there's warfare going on. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Um, Against the authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So our prayers are, are not just impacting the things that we can see. We read a while back that the scripture says that things are unseen or more real than the things we see. And, and so we need to understand that there's warfare going on, that when we're praying, 
when we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying in accordance with God's will. Even when we're praying with understanding, we can still be praying in accordance with God's will. But 1 Thessalonians 5.17, you remember what it says? It says pray always, pray without ceasing, pray a lot. So we need to be in prayer um, a lot. So let me read on. Ephesians 6.12 continues. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let's, let's look at 13. Uh, Ephesians 6.13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. So we need to put on the armor of God so that we can resist the temptations. James chapter 1 says, uh, let no one say they're tempted by God. God isn't, doesn't tempt anyone. He's not tempted and he doesn't tempt anyone. That we're tempted when we're drawn away by our own lustful or carnal desires. And when we succumb to those, then that can lead to death. And so when we put on the armor of God, we're resisting the enemy. And uh, let's look at, I'm not going to read all of Ephesians 6. 14 through 18, but you can read this later. But he tells us what the armor is. The armor of God is the belt of truth, that we walk in truth, that, we, that, we're, um, that, are, that we're held up, held together with truth. Uh, there's some guys that need to, to put on a belt, you know. I mean, crack kills. We don't, we don't want to see that, all right. Uh, but the belt, the belt of truth that we can put on that is always before us, it's always holding all of our clothing together. The body armor of God's righteousness, being covered with the righteousness of God, putting on the shoes of peace, that we're walking in peace, that we're not anxious about anything, but we're trusting God so we can walk in peace. The shield of faith to deflect the fiery darts of the enemy that he's shooting at us. We're holding up the shield, but it's a shield of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So faith is integral to our relationship and that we have with the Lord and this life that we live as Christians, that we're walking in faith. So we pick up the shield of faith. We put on the helmet of salvation. We put on the helmet of salvation to guard our minds. We realize that we're saved. Has the enemy ever come and said, oh, you messed up, you're not saved? And you say, oh, wait, 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 wait. My salvation is based on grace, not on my performance. And so Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So it's important that we have our, our head covered because that's where a lot of the attack comes, right? Either our self-talk will begin to say, oh, man, you messed up. You must not really be saved. Well, if you've accepted Christ and if you're living according to his purpose and plan, you know, and so the enemy will try to come against us. Uh, so we need to put on the helmet of salvation. We need to be living godly lifestyles. And I, so I'm not saying that you can just live any old way. I'm saying that if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. All of us do. All of us sin. All of us stumble and fall. But we can go back to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me if we need to go apologize to someone. And then we receive his grace, mercy, forgiveness, and move on. I'm not saying there aren't consequences sometimes. But um, what I'm trying to say here is that we're saved by grace through faith, not of our works. So we need to protect our mind, put on the helmet of salvation. We need to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword is, is, is 
our power. We get our, our, our power from the sword, the word of God implanted or imparted into us that so we can speak forth what the word of God says. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Okay, Paul's not saying pray with understanding. He's saying pray in the spirit. He's not saying not to pray with understanding, okay? But he's saying pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. So I think it's important. The Lord wants us to have this this connection with Him. He wants us to have a prayer language that we are praying in the Spirit on every occasion. Let's look at the next two words in 18. Stay alert. Stay alert. So the Lord can speak to us and say, hey, look, there's something coming down the, down the pipeline here you need to be aware of. The Holy Spirit will tell us of things to come, Jesus said. And so Paul's saying, stay alert. Don't be casual. Don't fall asleep. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Because there are people across the globe, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that are suffering persecution. And we need to be praying for them. As if we would want to be prayed for if we were going through the same things. There are people that are putting their lives on the line just to say that they're a Christian. There may come a time when living in this nation, it may be perilous to claim to be a Christian. So we need to pray on every occasion. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Jude the book of Jude. We're going to sing our favorite Jude song. Y'all know it. Na, 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 hey Jude. Now, if you don't know what happened here, it's okay. Go YouTube the Beatles and a song called Hey Jude. All right. So thank you for that. Okay, so Jude, who is the brother of James and Jesus, is encouraging believers to remain strong in their faith and warning, those, warning about those who say they are believers yet are causing division in the church. And so James is, I mean, Jude is writing about that. Let's look at Jude 20. Now, you'll notice that there's not a chapter up there because Jude is only one chapter. So that's uh, just the verse. Jude 20. And 21, we're going to look at. But you, my dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. So Judas is saying, pray in the Spirit. Because you are built up. You are strengthened. You are encouraged. And I believe that the Lord wants our desires that all of us have and use a prayer language. I believe that it's expected that we pray in the Spirit. We can cooperate with the Holy Spirit or not. Um, I think, again, I think that there is resistance to this because of the misuse, the abuse, the misunderstanding about these gifts, about speaking in tongues, about praying in a prayer language. And, and I won't go back to speaking in tongues. If you missed last week's service, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to that. But 
it's really not that confusing if we just look at what the Word of God says. But there are spiritual implications when we resist those things, when we resist the Holy Spirit, when we resist a prayer language. Because as we talk so much about today, when we pray in the Spirit, we are built up. And the Lord wants us to be built up. The enemy would want us to not be built up. And so, when, whenever you're learning a new language, it sounds awkward. You don't have a child just all of a sudden one day begin to speak perfect English. Hey, Mom and Dad, I, I really do like jelly beans. Could you give me some more of those jelly beans? I mean, they don't just begin to talk, right? It's a process. And many times they mispronounce the words or they say the wrong word. And, and we don't slap them and say, oh, you said the wrong word. No. They're learning. And so it's the same thing with a prayer language. It requires faith to pray in the Spirit. Because when you first begin to pray in the Spirit, you're like, that sounds weird. Uh -uh, That can't be right. But it's our spirit, man, that is praying. And uh, or to speak a prophetic word requires faith, right? Has the Lord ever given you a word to speak, a prophetic word? It it takes faith. You're like, oh, wow. You know, I want to make sure that this is from the Lord. I want to make sure that this is accurate. It takes faith. It takes this relationship with the Lord to be able to do that in accordance with His purpose and plan. It takes faith to tithe, right? We know that the first uh, 10% of our increase belongs to the Lord. It takes faith to, to give the first didn't take any faith to give the leftover so this walk this relationship is based on faith and uh, when you when you begin to speak in a, a new language don't expect your your language to be perfect but here's the thing you have to open your mouth to speak <laughs> right you have to open your mouth so here's what I want to do I want to do something a little different this morning if you don't have a prayer language I want you to come up right now, and I want to pray for you. Come on. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Do not let the enemy keep you from receiving something that he wants to give you. Come on. Don't let pride or ego or anything. If you don't have a prayer language, I want to pray for you right now. Nothing weird or kooky is going to happen. All right? Oh. Don't be ashamed. Don't let the enemy keep you from this gift because of something that you've seen or you don't understand. Uh, now let me say this it, it may happen now or it may happen later and this, this is what I would encourage you to do if, if, if you received it today or you, you need to speak you know I, I talked to a person one time and, and I said do you have a prayer language and they said yeah but I never use it and I, I said why I mean that would be like giving me a $100 gift card to Saltgrass and say, well, I, I'm not going to use it. Why wouldn't we use it? When we pray in the Spirit, we are built up. And so this is what I want you to do. Those of you that, that, that came forward for prayer, uh, I want you to believe in faith. And uh, what I encourage you to do is get along with God. You may want some praise and worship music playing, or you, you may not. I, I like just silence. When I'm with the Lord, a lot of times, I don't want any distractions. Because if I hear any music, I'm going to start jamming on the drums in my head, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I like just silence. But whatever you prefer. And then ask the Lord to give you a prayer language. 
Tell him that you want a prayer language. And then just allow God, allow the Holy Spirit to wash over you. And then begin to speak in syllables. Just, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but sometimes I'll just get like a, a letter in my mind's eye, and I'll just begin to say that letter, and it just begins to flow. I don't know how it works for anybody else, but what we must do is we must begin to speak. So it's going to sound awkward. It's going to sound weird. It's going to, you know, and the enemy will say, oh, you're not really praying. You're just making noise. Well, whatever it is, you be, as you begin to speak, just as a little child begins to speak, they get more comfortable. They develop that, that language. And, 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 and so the same thing happens with us in, in, with a prayer language as we begin to speak. But we have to begin to speak. Now, you can pray in the Spirit quietly, of course. But it's, it's great to develop that language, that prayer language. But it requires faith. It requires us stepping out and putting aside all the things that would hinder us Listen, I want everything that the Lord has for me. Everything. And I know you do too. So my, my three points are, this: our words can be used in different ways. Our words can be used to pray in a language we understand. Our words can be used to pray in the Spirit. Our words can be used to bless one another. Speaking life over one another. Speaking encouragement over ourselves and one another. Our connection and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit can lead us, should lead us as we pray. Whether we're praying with understanding or whether we're praying in the Spirit, whether we're praying quietly, whatever that looks like, the Spirit of God should be leading us. And then my third point is praying in the Spirit requires us to step out in faith, just like anything else. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Maybe you're here and, and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you did at one point in time and you walked away. If anybody's here, just catch my eye. Anybody want to recommit their life to the Lord today? Maybe you're watching online and you say, that's me. Just pray this prayer. Just repeat this prayer after me. Just, just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I receive your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. And, and I pray that you would just help me to receive everything that you have for me today. And I thank you for this new beginning. I thank you for this fresh start. I thank you for this new day that all that old stuff is gone. And this is a new beginning for me. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord God, I pray for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit to wash over them. That they would receive a prayer language like we talked about this morning here. That they would receive all the gifts that you have for them and that they would receive a prayer language, that they would be able to prophesy because they're so connected with you and they know your word and they grow, they're growing in your word. And as you speak to them, they can distribute your word to others in fullness and in completeness and in, and, uh, in the truth of the word. So, Lord God, I pray for all those that prayed the, the prayer of salvation this morning. Lord God, I pray your blessings and sensitivity to your Holy Spirit for them, for all of us, Lord, in Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. 
and remember to live it.